everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. We're here. We're almost to the holidays. Almost. Happy holiday season, I should say. Yeah. Happy holidays, plural. <laughs> it's that weird time of year where it's like, what? What is happening? Let's do it next year. Yeah. Next year is only a couple of days away. It's that- We're kicking the can down the road into 2023? Three. Question mark. That's crazy. I almost said 24. Yikes. Well, let's not get too aggressive far ahead of ourselves. But yeah, it feels it feels like we might as well go to 2024 at this point. I mean, so speaking of kicking it down the can. No, (laughs) it's speaking of kicking the can down the road. That's the Mm, saying, Jeff. That's that sounds Um, better. We're not going to have any pods over a little breaky breaky time. So Mm -hmm. this is the last one. And I say, as I sign off, I will say goodbye to you and goodbye to our listeners until 2023. As will you. We'll see you then. We'll see you then, see you gang. Then. Um, in the meantime, we're going to do some ranting about mm. some stuff, and yeah. we will introduce you to our podcast guest. Um, but but the first thing that we want to talk about is mm-hmm. that apparently, thin brows are back. Um, and as we are going into holiday parties, family photos, what are your thoughts on this trend? I feel like it's one of those solids that doesn't need to come back because have we as generation over generation not learned that the overplucking then then takes decades to come back or never comes back or never come back? I mean, never. We've we've got famous personalities within our industry that have had implants. Mm -hmm. I mean, like restore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, and so to have gone from one extreme, I, I much prefer a natural brow. I mean, I've got unruly brows. Mm. I, I like that look. Mm. I'm I'm cool with the bleached brow. We've talked about this. Like, yeah, go crazy, but like, don't. I was hoping to see that bleached brow in 2022, but I'm hopeful for 23 for you. I was gonna say 2023 yeah. is a whole new year. Ooh. Um, I'm worried what's <laughs> gonna happen to my face without the the brows. But but to that point. With a bleach, you can color back. Color back. We can. I mean, I won't be this, but but a overput to a, a little tiny line. Mm-mm. No. I mean, it was Don't. so much as that we now have full on new services like micro powdering, microblading. Mm-hmm. 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 We're literally scraping back the brow in, mm-hmm. and I have had it done several times, and it hurts a lot for me. <laughs> <laughs> So just don't, don't do it. Yeah. If anyone's thinking, just don't. Okay. That's all we have. Yeah. This is Kelly several years in the future telling mm-hmm. you, you're going to regret that. Regret. Save yourself the heartache and the pain. Don't do it. No. Plus it looks dumb. I'm just going to say it. It looks <laughs> like, let's, let's just rip off that bandaid while you're ripping off your brows. Like literally <laughs> it doesn't look good. Like you're on fire today. Like the 1920s when we thought that, that looked like, no Mm-mm. and and now no no that was the whole thing that's what everybody was like look at us in 1997 and you know and up to like 2004 yeah that was a mistake it was a mistake i can't i can't I, we won't we won't accept it leave it in the past as we head into 2023 leave it in 2022 don't bring it into 23 <laughs> so on that note, we can feel the passion coming through the microphone, Jeff. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave us with that thought that is something that needs to be left in the past. But 
We're going to talk about our awesome guest. On our last episode, we talked with Cassandra McLaughlin. Uh, She is an award-winning colorist, three-time salon owner, certified business coach, and digital content creator. In both business and hair color, she believes strategy and intention are integral to success, as do I. She is widely recognized as a color correction expert and focuses on detailed yet efficient color services. As an international educator and featured on hundreds of stages, Cassandra is known for her dynamic and approachable style of education and for bringing practical solutions to complicated problems like color correction. Um, Make sure you subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volume up at thetees.com. Do it. This week, we're talking with Kia Neal, friend of the podcast, a stylist whose passion for color and texture is unmatched. With over 28 years of experience, Kia Neal leads a national revolution breaking textural boundaries that have long separated those in the salon professional industry. Kia's passion for hair color and education led to the conception of Color Culture, an educational resource for stylists who are particularly interested in the science of hair color and how it interacts with various hair textures. Kia then launched her cornerstone education series, Texture Versus Race, at the Energizing Summit hosted by the American Board of Certified Hair Colorists, ABCH, which has since become a nationwide movement with the summit of its very own. She joins us to recap the TBR Summit 2022 that just took place in Baltimore. I can't wait for you to get into that. I mean, I know that you had a great time at the summit, mm-hmm. but the education was absolutely phenomenal. So out of this world. kudos to the team over there um, for pushing the envelope and getting the education in the industry that is needed. Mm-hmm. We love that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things we love. So thank you for getting the oh so important education into the literal hands of pros out there. That is the education we need for our industry. So Jeff, I've got another topic for you. So we covered brows. We're not going back there. Okay. Nope. 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 But what I do want to know is what do you think about today's packaging? So there's a thought out there that Gen Z beauty brands are growing up. Mm-hmm. So brands that are targeted at younger consumers, whether it is in the pro space or consumer space, they're now loud, colorful, they're eye-catching, they have to jump off the shelves. And that's a little bit of a departure from some of those disruptor brands like Glossier with the sans serif type font, mm-hmm. which I love me some of that too. Um, but what do you think about this packaging? I mean... I'm not Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Pains me to say it. Let me just put it out there. Um, <laughs> but I definitely am gravitating towards like it's it's doing its job. Yeah, fair. It's definitely interrupting shelf space. I'm much more likely to go to like the neon thing with the crazy font, um, especially because there's so we are in it with so many products. Right. Um, to like stand apart, it's really difficult. So I'm respecting the hustle. Understand why we're doing it. It's going to look a little bit crazy. Like, how do you out? How do you out cookie each other? Like, we're going to get to a point where out shelf space it. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. it's every moment is merchandising, which is great. But how do we keep that going? I worry about sustainability. Are we backsliding? Mm-hmm. Um, so packaging is more like visually exciting. But is it sustainably produced? Are we worrying about ethical practices in manufacturing. Like these are the things that I hope are not being traded off. I know that the BOF piece goes into a little bit of that. Um, but these are the things that I'm thinking, like I'm excited, but I'm also leery. Um, whereas like, you know, like a Glossier clean packaging with like, it's easier to do maybe some recycled right. packaging, for example, with like a 
step. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's definitely that Gen Z, we know that they've got the buying power, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of investors are pouring more money into that demographic and the purchase power around that. So we're seeing, again, those Gen Z focused brands that are looking beyond the core consumer to grab someone like you, right? Or me that might be in the... it. You know, it might be in the Le Labo or the Glossier sort of packaging realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I too hope that we are always thinking about the planet sustainability first. And I, I don't know. I suppose it's a case by case. But what I do love about some of it is I'm seeing refillables, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's becoming a little bit more mainstream, which I love to see too, mm-hmm. like really across all consumer packaged goods. Um, but, you know, I'm there for the wow, just like I'm picking my wine off the shelf, maybe back in the day by the beautiful label. So I understand that there is power in the shock and awe. Shock and awe. I love that. (laughs) The refillables is definitely the most exciting thing to come of all of this. But but yeah, I I, again, I worry about that in terms of sustainability. Like it's fair, you know? Yeah, it's a lot to unpack. But we can't expect to just go to like the vat of product, right? Like that's where we really need to be. And that's not going to happen. So I should, I should stop talking about that. That's a (laughs) terrible idea. Um, Things that are not terrible, the stuff that's on our site. Yeah. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week, uncovering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines, including gift guides for people like me Mm. who are still not done oh geez with their holiday shopping probably <laughs> definitely by the time this airs will still not be finished which is a really a shame on me it's a shame <laughs> on me it's my it's my burden but okay first up the article help make a difference this holiday season with these five hair gifts that give back while gift giving is rewarding in itself, this year go the extra mile and opt for purchases that give back. To help you out, we've gathered five outstanding hair brands, all committed to a variety of different causes. And here are some of the best hair gifts that we've chosen. Head to thetees.com to get those last minute gifts. I, for one, am very into the Devonis advent calendar, giving back to multiple orgs. Love to see that. Um, why not go all in and, you know, on like a bunch of different ones instead of just one? Which of these gifts would you maybe? gift i mean i know you're done with your shopping i'm done and dusted and it's already wrapped mm-hmm. yeah as of a couple of days ago but anyway that's that's where we're at davinus is always been a brand that i have deeply admired i think their packaging is absolutely beautiful the products are amazing so to get some little goodies in an advent calendar like i'm all here for that um and the packaging is absolutely beautiful on said advent calendar i also like the yara the Yarrick box. Um, again, each box with them comes with a pre-shampoo, conditioner, mousse, leave-in conditioner, styling whips, shine, serum, and a hairspray. So it's a pretty complete little package. Um, so head over to thetees.com to check out our article titled Help Make a Difference This Holiday Season with these five hair gifts that give back. Do it. Uh, next up, I mean, we talked about things that maybe you don't know, but you should. Mm-hmm. And here's one of those that I definitely didn't know. The article is called Squalene. Squalene is the plant-derived ingredient your skincare routine has been missing. In recent years, squalene has quickly become one of the must-have ingredients in skincare. This multi-purpose skin savior not only moisturizes and hydrates skin, but also helps to reduce fine lines and wrinkles, as well as calming, irritation, and redness. If you're looking to improve skin texture, heal sunburn and UV damage, or simply keep your face plumped and glowing, 
including a squalene-based product in your skincare routine has numerous benefits. This article goes in-depth on what squalene is, what the benefits are, and the best products to add to your routine. Head to thetease.com to learn it all. I knew nothing. I walked away learning a whole bunch more. Is squalene something that you would double tap on now? Okay, first, before we get there, you may notice that Jeffrey pronounced squalene and squalene differently. Yes. Well, our bodies produce a lipid called squalene with an E to moisturize and rejuvenate our skin. By the time you're 20s, 30s, and 40s like me, we're toast. (laughs) It begins to decrease in our skin Mm. and it looks drier and damaged. Okay. That is squaly. Drag my pronunciation and drag your skin. We love to see it. Um, But yeah, thanks to you for setting the record straight. You're welcome. And in order for it to become stabilized and used in skincare, it has to be hydrogenated and then it becomes squalane with an A, all of which I knew absolutely zero about. But clearly these products are very important. Mm -hmm. They are in amazing products like Tatcha, which I absolutely love those line products like Augustinus Bader, which are amazing. So I'm here to learn on the pod today. So thank you, Squalene, Squalene, and Jeffrey. Wow, wow, wow. 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 But yeah, seriously, get into that. Um, And last but not least, um, we're excited. Events are coming back. We're looking forward to 2023. The article is called Redkin Symposium is going on tour next year, and we have all the details. Redkin is giving salon pros everywhere even more of a reason to look forward to 2023. The hair care brand recently announced that its beloved Symposium franchise will be officially back in person next year. With the 2023 Redkin Symposium on tour, the power connection, stylists will be given the opportunity to have face-to-face connections that matter and learn from Redkin artists and ambassadors. Ultimately, Redkin's goal with this event is to help stylists gain more tools and knowledge to service their clients better and excel in the hairdressing industry so that they can learn better, earn better, and live their best lives. Head to thetees.com to see all the deets. Kelly, it says that there's a symposium Tour stop in Latin America. Mm. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Let's go. I mean, anywhere that Sambia goes, I shall follow because he is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole Redkin team and the Redkin brand and the heritage behind it. I absolutely am a big fan of them. Um, and we've had some of their crazy cool artists on the pod before. So Check out the Redkin Symposium on tour, all the deets at thetease.com. As always, so much going on on thetease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, my recap with Kia Neal. A stylist whose passion for color is unmatched with over 28 years of experience, Kia Neal leads a national revolution breaking textural boundaries that have long separated those in the hair industry. Kia's passion for hair color and education led to the conception of Color Culture, an educational resource for stylists who are particularly interested in the science of hair color and how it interacts with various hair textures. Kia launched her Cornerstone Education Series, Texture vs. Race, at the Energizing Summit hosted by the American Board of Certified Hair Colorists, ABCH, which has since become a nationwide movement with a summit of its very own. Through the evolution of Texture versus Race and a reparations movement, Kia is at the helm of the salon professional industry's diversity and inclusion movement, encouraging uncomfortable conversations surrounding race and hair texture. Now, Kia acts as a color educator, texture expert, and DEI consultant, working to create a more inclusive and understanding industry. Today, we're recapping the TVR Summit 2022. 
All right, you guys, I am joined by the one and the only, a repeat guest, friend of the podcast, Kia Neal, to unpack Texture versus Race Summit 2022. Let's do it. Kia, how's it going? Hey, Jeffrey, all the Read the Tees family. I'm doing good. Coming off of a high, so I'm good. Well, the last time that we connected, you were at Paris Fashion Week. Casual, no big deal. Um, so, where are you right now? Are you? Where, are you? Where, let's let's talk that. We're not in Paris. Where are we? All right. All right. So, I'm not in Paris, unfortunately, but I am at home. Um, being mom, jumping right back into mommy mode. You know, entrepreneur and actively just planning for next year. So, we really hadn't slowed down, but I am at home. <laughs> Uh, I never would expect you to slow down. Um, we are going to go backwards in time a little bit, though, and we're going to unpack the Texture versus Race Summit, which just happened end of November. Um, we are still buzzing on the teas, um, and we wanted to make sure that people could get a little bit of a taste of what happened because uh, a lot of things went down. Um, so if you don't mind, like, let's just kick it off. Um, let's do for the the people who have not been on the teas, looking at our social, looking at your social what was tvr in a couple of words all right so in a couple of words tvr was our attempt to unify and to bring community around fabric mm -hmm. it was to create a space that we could explore our healthy curiosity um, gain understanding and experience around working with textures that you just simply weren't familiar with mm -hmm. all right well i mean that is kind of putting a beautiful bow on what it was, but it was so much more. I mean, it, it can't be collapsed into a few words. Uh, there were three right. full days. So like, let's get into it. Day one, we show up in Baltimore. Um, what is the venue? Cause I feel like it was yes. not anyone who came through, but to our listeners who don't know where this took place, let's get into that. All right. So that is the perfect place to start because choosing the venue was so intentional mm -hmm. and it was it was by design and we didn't even really know it. Right. Because, first of all, we were on our third venue, which meant we also had to change dates three times, which threw texture versus race in a state of we have to do this mm -hmm. before the end of the year. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just want to keep that in mind, because when you're searching for a venue, it's like. All the things have to line up logistically, but what we didn't count on is that it would align with our message. And so we ended up at the Frederick Douglass Isaac uh, Maritime Museum. And that is a museum that actually is the building that was the first shipyard in the Baltimore Harbor owned by black people. And unfortunately it was burned down but it was sold back to the community for one dollar and they were to uh to to redo it to replicate it to try mm -hmm. to restore it in some way and they did that and a lot of prominent black people in baltimore got together and refurbished the place and created where we were mm -hmm. for the event and so living classrooms created another addition to it while you know really putting in a museum that helped us with the frederick Douglass life and and sort of you know creating even for the kids there's a lot of interaction but there's mm -hmm. a lot of artifact there's a lot of history and so they devoted that to frederick Douglass, but they also had an event space attached to it too so i felt like walking into that space it was just i understood the assignment mm -hmm. i understood this i understood that we had to go through all of that to get right to that very moment so that that starts there and i believe that the venue itself helped and helped 
relate the message that we were trying to send because all of the history was in the walls. Like everywhere mm -hmm. you look was art. Everywhere you look was a reason to think and to feel. And that was day one, was getting people in the room to say, where are we? My God, what's happening here? So we almost like took everybody out of the state of, we're just coming to a hair show too. We just stepped into something that we don't even know what's happening. We don't know what we're in for. Well, I mean, that was the big takeaway from us at the tease. So our team came out and we've been to a mess of hair shows, um, quote unquote hair shows, uh, I'm throwing up the air quotes. Um, this was not that um, in the best way. Um, and I think that like a credit to your team, uh, the venue absolutely set the tone. Um, it was, I got like goosebumps now just thinking about it. To your point, what was up on the walls, what was being said on stage, really, really powerful stuff. And like you felt that as soon as things yes. kicked off, um, which is a feat in itself. All right. So like we show up. It's day one. We're walking up our stairs. We're checking in all of that stuff. We're heading into the venue, the space. What What's happening? I mean, you did an incredible keynote. I'd love to like top line it for people because... This really built on that whole fabric and community that was the theme of the event that is still with me, you know, however many weeks later that I can't stop thinking about. You know, I, I love that. So first of all, let me just say that when you came into the venue, we definitely took great measure in outlining and outfitting the entire venue with mm -hmm. uh, picture opportunities, with activation stations, with hair art, with um, different fabrics and stuff to interact with. So we created... Mm -hmm. Um, what we would have wanted to be like an experience from the door to the floor, like seriously, <laughs> like every which way there was something to look at, something to feel uh, when we got to the the first floor, because, again, we had mm -hmm. two floors. Right. Yep. So the first floor everyone came to for the meet and greet and did all the pictures and all of that good stuff. And then we took everybody to floor three when it was time to send them into the room. And I think that just the coming into the room itself was a moment and and you were able to capture that uh jeffrey you and your team of just what people saw coming into the room and and i believe that hearts were opened i believe that people felt something immediately coming into the room and i and i've been saying this that i feel like the walls were talking mm -hmm. and it was setting a mood but we had put great intention to the stage you know, we had a custom stage, we had all the lights, we had the, the drapings, the beautiful drapings on the wall. And we wanted people to feel like we had created an environment conducive to safety, to community, mm -hmm. but to being vulnerable in that space, knowing that this was our space mm -hmm. and it was intentional. It wasn't like just a hotel. It was a space that we curated. And yep. I think my keynote, I wish I could remember everything I said in the keynote, but I know for a fact, I wanted to outline not rules, but just things that people could take away and say, mm -hmm. this is how we're going to conduct ourselves. This is what you can expect. This is what we need from you. We don't actually need people to say, I want to change. We just want you to have a reason to choose differently. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the whole weekend was going to serve as constant. How do I say this? I wanted the weekend to give people opportunity and give them proof that there was goodness in thinking outside of the box. It mm. was great to open your mind, right? Change your mind, maybe shift your mind, open your heart, move your hands. Like 
we talk about that order. So I feel like day one celebrated the industry. Mm-hmm. Day one was more of an activity space, more hair show esque. Yep. That, and you had some heavy hitters. So let's get into that. Let's, I mean, talk it. about intention, um, setting the stage for what was to come. The big guns showed up. Uh, so let's, let's name drop some sponsors if we could. All right. So we got to start off with our title sponsor, Joyco. Joyco mm-hmm. was in from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Joyco was our title sponsor. Um, our platinum sponsor, Salon Centric, showed up in a big way. They brought Ooh. installations. They brought the big magazine shoot thing. I mean, they brought they brought themselves to the table. They brought people their internal to the table. I thought that was really impactful to see. And they pressed about that. Like they were like, "No, we want to be there. Like we want." And I was like, "Why? Why? Why are you sitting?" But I understood why, because it was necessary for everybody from Joyco, from Salon Centric to be in the building. Swarzkopf was there. um, Mazzani was there. But I have to say, uh, two of the big brands that we definitely saw explosive, uh, explosive showmanship from was Blonde Solutions and Naked Biasations. Um, Blonde Solutions came and blew it out like they they were kind of like the bridge and the hinge of, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. what does it look like when we talk about something that's so big, like bleaching and blonding? That's such Mm -hmm. a big, big, big service. And how do we tie that into texture? Like they showed up in a big way. Essations opened the show uh, working with our coaches. They came in and just slam dunked it. And everybody that had a space on the stage showed up and showed out. And I'm certainly proud of all of our coaches that was able to to sit alongside some of the artists that were sent. But they got to really shine and really show a level of authenticity attached to every stage presentation. So I'm really excited about that. We had Faye Care there. Um, Faye Care, not Faye Care. Faye Kitambo is Faye Care on on uh, Instagram. But we also had Air Professional mm-hmm. that showed up in a big way. She sent product for everybody. She wanted to be a part. Jenny Streeby, shout out to her. And of course, K18 came up even at the last minute. They mm-hmm. showed up and they said, hey, we want to make sure everybody knows that we believe in this and we want to look forward to doing more of a more of a streamlined partnership next year and of course one of our most impactful uh sponsors was read the tease so they showed up didn't they we we were there we were happy to be there we've i mean we talked about this offline it was such a privilege truthfully for us to be there in that space and and we're gonna get into it i mean you created totally a new world which was unlike anything that we had been to previously and it felt so important to be there to witness some of um, the conversations which we're going to talk about because there were in addition to heavy hitting brands some heavy hitting combos that really got at core issues that we talked about on our last podcast and that you have been calling out for years now um but before we get into that um let's just for a moment celebrate as you said the coaches that were on stage truly incredible presentations i mean and we talked about this with with most of the coaches individually afterward like that they're not up for naha right now like that they got to get those submissions in for next year like all of that work was out of this world 
like the the caliber chef's, chef's kiss. kiss the whole thing the whole thing um so shout out to them we will make a shout special out. point in our show notes we are linking out to everybody's instagram account we want them to be followed they should be followed um and i think that you did an incredible job of platforming people who maybe are otherwise overlooked that really need to be given you know the stage um so shout out to all of them because that that presentation yeah. the whole thing and then there was a soiree. Can we get into the soiree? Because that you was... know what soiree was was our idea to bring people together with a few cocktails <laughs> and so let me tell you, after we were done, people just could not stop talking. I don't think yep. anybody danced, but let me tell you what we did have. Salon Centric brought DJ Junior to the table with a huge DJ booth that looks like a boombox that boom I box. have to say so cool. personally, I was so attracted to that boombox, Jeffrey. Like I literally saw that boombox at like the hair shows and my my spirit, I'm a very spiritually connected person, right? Like mm -hmm. I believe in, in God. And I just kept saying, I have to have that at TVR. And literally I kept saying to them, if y'all don't bring anything, you have to bring the boombox. But more importantly, you have to bring Junior. Why? Because Junior was so aligned with TVR from the day we met him. He made it his purpose to support us in the ways that mattered the most. And when he came, he did a fabulous job of keeping the mood, setting the mood, guiding the mood, closing the move, highlighting mm -hmm. the mood. Mm -hmm. Like he, I have to give him his flowers there. Yep. And I think the soiree was so amazing that he knew even how to carry the soiree just to keep people talking because they were so amazed and enamored by what was happening on the stage that we weren't dancing. We were, but we were really in community mm -hmm. during that time. And it was just a, it was a wonderful thing. Like I wanted to like do the electric slide or, you know, do some dancing, but I don't know if anybody did. I didn't. I was so wrapped up in <laughs> everything that was going on, but the soiree itself was just a great moment to close out day one right before we jumped into the nuts and crux of day two yeah and you kicked it off so you closed it and then i think like to your point dj junior like the entire time there was a song for every single moment it was like never a downtime never a like oh what are we doing it's really dragging like again mm -hmm. flowers for him flowers to you guys for for getting that together because the entire time it felt like the soiree never really ended in the best way i feel like the whole day was a soiree mm -hmm. <laughs> like it felt like junior made the whole day a soiree like i don't think anybody can say i know when it started and when it ended like it was yep. a there was a mood that just carried in throughout the entire day that made itself uh, almost like a staple. It was just part of the day. Like, it, and it felt like, well, what would we have done without him? Like, I almost feel like, what would that have looked like? Like, really? And then at the end of it, just Salon Centric gifted me that booth. They gave it to me. Yeah, wow. they were switching and doing some things and they're revamping and doing they were like, we know you love it that much. Would you like to have it? So I have it. I took that thing on my back. <laughs> I don't blame you. The booth is beautiful. Like the boombox setup is incredible. Yeah. We've got pictures, it's in videos. Like go and check everybody's social, find that. Yeah, it's I, on I there. You. Yeah. I love music. So it definitely speaks to my soul mm -hmm. and it just helps carry everything else about me and my personality in and throughout and i think that's how i get to ebb and flow in some of these spaces that get to mm -hmm. be tough for me i don't think people realize how much music connects me to 
to my sense of self and centering, but also to other people. I find that music is a way to really make people stay connected to the cause and to the message. Well, and to that point, I mean, having been there in person, I think music functioned as a beautiful bridge through the days. Mm -hmm. So day one, day two, day three, um, because as we said, like there, there were some tough conversations around longstanding yeah. issues, um, some fresh, some not so fresh. Um, and we're going to get into that. But the music um, cued in by you, like often you were the one that was like, all right, let's roll to the next. And it was perfect. Like it just kept things going um, in movement. And the one thing that I reflected on um, and we, we talked about in our recap is you had mentioned wanting people to be in a process so that they were choosing, that they were moving, um, that they weren't sort of where they were um, and that forward is the importance. Um, and I feel like you and the conversations and the education that was imparted, plus that music really helped us to like stay in that process, but then sort of push through to our own. Um, so again, flowers yeah. for everybody for that. Kind of like It was kind of like uh, the wind beneath our wings. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like throughout the hard conversations, we had those moments where we could just go, okay, okay, all right, let's take a breath. Mm -hmm. Let's mm -hmm. take a moment, take a beat. And yep. then we come back to it because mm -hmm. like you're like you're saying, and I and I did say when people are in this process and they buy into the message of elevating the industry and elevating our mindset, people have a tendency to make things about right or wrong versus mm -hmm. about choice. Right. It's about the process. It's 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 like you said, it's only about moving forward and trying to make different and better decisions that beget a different result at all mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. It's about stopping yourself and taking a moment of inventory and accountability about whatever it is. And it's also about creating a level of conviction in your heart. Because again, if your mind is open, right? And your mind is moving and saying, oh, let me be proactive. Let me stop for a second. Let me think about why I'm thinking this then I give my heart a chance to get in and go, no, you don't really believe that. That's just something your mind is telling you. You don't really mm -hmm. believe that. And then you get a chance to move differently, which is your hands. Mm -hmm. You get to show up differently. And even if we fail, we fail forward. We fail knowing that, okay, I didn't do that right. I didn't make the, you know, the decision that would have gotten the best result maybe, but how do I take this, take accountability for it and move on? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what process is. Nothing just, happens you know we didn't think people were just walking and go all right it's all good we all on 100 right now no it's like nope. we're in the beginning but we're in a process but i mm -hmm. think everybody was touched and everybody left with a sense of responsibility for themselves for sure um something that you just mentioned uh a beginning i want to get at that um something on stage that was mentioned a couple of times was that this TVR was a first for a couple of reasons. Um, yeah. I would love for you to sort of break that down for our audience who wasn't in the room. Um, what have previous TVRs looked like as compared to this one? Let's let's unpack that a little bit. So I'm not only going to preface with this is the first of TVRs kind of like the first TVR mm -hmm. of its kind, but I also want to say it's the first of its kind of mm -hmm. any hair show or gathering, right? First mm -hmm. of all, TVR has been done. This would have been the second live and we did two digitals. Mm -hmm. No, no, I'm sorry. We did three lives and one digital 
three lives. The first one was really small, just a community of people. The second one, we had more people. We did, well, the second one was digital and the third one was live again. But this one was different for a lot of reasons. One, we had an all black spotlight showcase. All of the artists that showed up to educate was black. And that's so important to highlight because we have never ever had one all black lineup. Secondly, we had the first time ever in my life, my career, and I've done a lot of shows. This might be, I think like my 11th or 12th retreat show, whatever. And I'm telling you, we were majority not black in the audience. Mm -hmm. That was huge. Mm -hmm. It was the first time we had major sponsors come in in a big way to what would be considered a small show and still show up big and allow our coaches to take their stage when they don't necessarily work for them. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was huge. Yeah, it's rare. And then we Doesn't are happen. absolutely the first to approach hair and DEI in mm-hmm. one setting. Mm-hmm. I've never had, never seen the conversation go down like that, like a, like a town hall where people were, were encouraged to be vulnerable and to really bring up the ugly of the industry, but with a sense of of trying to resolve it or at least gain understanding of it. So when we ask people, if you watch the videos, especially the one from from the tees, when they were walking in, there was this bridgeway that had a lot of windows. And we asked people when they came that over the weekend to one, set their intentions and two, to record or just let us know what their biases were. And they were anonymous and put little hearts all over the walls. So when you see those windows with all of those little sticky tabs, those were pain points. Mm -hmm. Those were areas that we needed to talk about. And so I think that we did a great job of creating the first of its kind. So to me, I feel like we made history. We made history in that room. I couldn't put it better. Truthfully, um, that's what it felt like. So sitting in that space, it felt like this is new. This is different. This is special. And a lot of that has to do with, I mean, uh, you mentioned the sort of intention setting, people getting in the right space, being vulnerable, being open. But what you guys had done in terms of curriculum, so the planning, um, uh, particularly, I think what was beautifully done um, was working with the models. Um, So a lot of what happened on day one was breaking down groups um, working with a model, um, a model to represent all of the different hair textures. Um, so there was quite a lot of, and you talk about like the, the macro spectrum, like there's yeah. so much representation, um, which is rare in itself because you often don't have that at hair shows. So people being split up into the groups, going and witnessing a consultation with the artists, the coaches. Um, and then that whole process, you invited people. Um, and as you mentioned, non-black people, um, lots of white folks um, to touch you know, people of color's hair. Um, and that's not something that happens, period, really ever. Um, no. And this opened up really, really tough combos. Um, you talked yeah. a lot about, and, and I was witness to it, consent, how painful it was for some of the models to do what they did in terms of volunteering themselves, um, allowing people to touch and manipulate their hair. Um, and people that had never done that, having an opportunity for the first time. And then like, the millions of conversations that were happening around that. Um, so I would love to sort of honestly talk to you about like, how did this come to be? Like, what did those conversations look like um, when you were talking with the models, with the coaches? 
because I felt like that was the most impactful bit. Um, like this was hours and hours and it was just like the most hands-on literally learning. I think that people in decades had done, um, that was happening in like, you know, clips hours. So, you know, the thing is for, for me, when I, when I thought about how do I make this work, how do I take the parts of us that say, let's not do that and switch yep. it around and go, no, but let's do that, yep. but do it intentionally, mm -hmm. coif it so that everybody is prepared because let's just be honest there's a stigma around white people and their privilege and feeling that they have some type of entitlement to black bodies mm -hmm. so that touching the hair has been cited as a faux pas like we look at that yeah. like like that is a, that's an aggression mm -hmm. towards us right because it, it often people. is yep and it and it is yep. without consent, right? When you just go, oh my God, I love your hair. Can I touch it? Like a lady, to be, can I tell you something? I have yeah. not talked to anybody about, that happened to me in the, in the oh, elevator at the event. And I literally, oh, the lady no. said, oh my God, I love, older white yeah. woman. She says, I love your hair. She says, do you mind if I, and I, and I did yeah. like this mm -hmm. and she said, look at it. And I said, absolutely. But I definitely had to put some space because I think, she thought in that moment because she did she got closer to me and yep. her hands started to reach and yep. i literally you know went like whoa wait like we're not doing that and then she said look at it and i said you can and so that was a level of conversation mm -hmm. right about how to do that how can you appreciate something love it and leave it right mm -hmm. but i also want to share that we had all types of models Right. Mm -hmm. We had non-black models. We had straight hair models. Yep. We had wave hair models. And yep. we had we tried to cover the entire macro spectrum of texture. But of course, we know that we could never have done that in one day with yeah. any set. <laughs> but we did try. We put we our tried. best effort forward. Mm -hmm. So uh, because, again, I want to acknowledge that there are actually black people who have never touched someone's white their hair, Caucasian hair. Mm -hmm. Let me say that I'm doing air quotes for Caucasian yep. hair. Yep. Like yep. they've never had a white person in their chair. Now that's not everybody's story, right? Right. But there are some that are just not familiar with that hair because they're used to doing what's familiar, right? Yep. But the idea of talking to the models and setting up a precedent of saying, this is why we're here. You are, you are here to help us advance this industry. So we want you to feel comfortable we want you to understand that we are not this is not a petting zoo we do yep. not want to invade your space or make you feel uncomfortable in any way and if you're not comfortable with that we understand but there was a conversation that needed to be had with each individual model that said there will be people touching and learning from you are you willing and they had to consent to that yeah and that's important that you honor and that's what we asked of the of the attendees honor that person respect yep. approach with respect mm -hmm. you know act like she's doing you a favor like she's mm -hmm. she's just giving of herself for your benefit mm -hmm. and i believe everybody did i believe everybody heard it for the first time maybe like that that when you approach your hands are dirty and i don't mean physically dirty mm -hmm. i mean because yep. if your mind isn't changed your heart's not not working together yep your hands are dirty. So we said, understand that your approach has to be maintained. Your approach has to be managed. 
when you're touching this person because it could easily be interpreted differently. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the models understood that going in and they they agreed. The ones that didn't, didn't. Yep. But they but the ones that did agreed and they went they went forth. And then that whole experience parlayed into working with mannequin heads um, that were textured hair. Um, the whole point of of people getting hands in hair. Um, day three, there was a whole room full of people, hands in hair, doing cutting, doing coloring. It was incredible. That's when there was even more music, singing, dance. Like <laughs> that was like for me. Like the party really, really didn't end in the best way because it was like people had built up confidence. They like let down a little bit of the walls, the like things that were keeping yeah. them sort of together. And then it was like, this is a party. Like we're here to learn. Um, and you had like incredible breakthroughs, like left, right, and side. Everybody was like talking. I didn't know I could do it. And then the coaches coming through. I just felt like that was masterful too. So flowers to you guys for making that happen um, because to what we've been talking about. That doesn't happen at hair shows. It's a lot of you talking. Know, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I don't, I don't want to cut you out, but I don't want to nope. get far away from that point that you were making. The part that we did also that I have never experienced is we took a we took the experience of working with the models with water. Mm -hmm. And not only just the consultation, but we put them in the sink. We made in this room, because this wasn't a salon. So nope. we made shampoo bowl stations yep. with some great ingenuity. <laughs> and, and lots of patience. Lots of patience. We created I, the opportunity for people to see how the hair reacts, how mm -hmm. to you know, approach the hair, how to detangle the hair, how to shampoo the hair, how to care for the scalp, how to read the hair, how to understand the fabrics, how to understand what it needs, what are the characteristics of each one. And we developed an eye so that people could say, I no longer approach this person from a racial perspective, but from a fabric perspective in an individual capacity. Honestly, now that you're talking about that, because there was so much happening, um, to your point, there were hours where people were hours. Heads, hours, heads in bowls, having water poured over and, and manipulating and shampooing and conditioning. And this was the time, to your point, where people were like, oh, that's oh, where the odds happened. Exactly. You were breaking it down, making people more comfortable with, and, and you said this a couple of times, and I, I, it stuck with me. Like, it was never about the person in the chair. Like it's a, it, it was, was about them. About the it was not about their hair. It was about the person in the chair. We yep. have the capacity to learn anything we want to. We are brilliant minds. Yep. We're artists that play with chemistry, right? Mm -hmm. We try to marry the two together. It was never about the hair. We always had the capacity to learn. We had, we were reserved and we could not understand why we had this, this resistance to learning and it was all about the person in the yep. chair and so we had to break that down that your fear is misplaced your fear of working with this person has to do with your your lack of education mm -hmm. not because this person has any other things to contribute to your fear like their race or mm -hmm. their actual hair texture is not the texture is not causing you a problem right. your understanding of it is so for us to be able to walk through what would seem like the most basic understandings, that is the space where we, we could see the walls coming down, mm -hmm. where people were like, oh my God, I have never 
touch this hair. I didn't know it would look that different if it was wet. I didn't know how to, you know, I didn't know how to use what I already know and apply it to this texture or mm -hmm. this process. And you could see the light bulbs going off. I, it's like I had a whole box of light bulbs that I wanted to hand out and every time it had like little paper clips in them. <laughs> and every time somebody, I wanted them to do that, but of course I forgot, it probably got lost in one of the boxes. But we wanted people to be like, I got something. Because when you see people chiming off, like mm -hmm. I got something, something clicked for me. It's, it, it is, there's an energy that, that simply overtakes the room. Yep. And that's what was happening. We were seeing it moment to moment. And every time Junior would go, bum, 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 and it meant we had to switch groups. Mm -hmm. You could see people going, no. Because they like wanted more. Pulling children away. It's like pulling yep. children away, away Even from though the they park. were going to go to the next station and have their mind blown out about what was happening there. But you're right. I mean, it was right. exactly like people couldn't get enough of it. And then, to your point, we're handing out mannequin heads at the end of that day. People yes. using that energy, going home, prepping the mannequin head for working yes. with next day. And that day was packed, hands yes. and hair, full day, incredible. Full day. So cutting color, all of it, um, all with of it. like the best soundtrack, the best instruction, with like world class. And again, for hours at a time, which like I, I can't understate because at hair shows, it tends to be like, oh, it's like a 15, oh, it's a 30, it's a 40. I mean, we're talking like long clips of really beautiful instruction for stuff that people just haven't had for a lot of reasons, interest or access to. Um, so again, just loved what we were seeing. But I want to hear from you. Like day three, there was a lot of stuff that had happened. Um, what was like your take on what was happening? How were you feeling about things at that point? At that point, Jeffrey, I had resolved to the fact that we had nailed it. Mm. I'm going to be honest. I had no worries. I was floating around like easy breezy because the work had been done. This was just putting the pin in. We were just mm -hmm. buttoning it up at this point because now we got your attention. Now we've taken you through all the things. We've had the DEI conversation from day one that lasted about about 45 minutes or so. We set the precedence for we did another two and a half hour talk the next day, right? That went longer than we were supposed to, but it was mm -hmm. great. Like mm -hmm. we got to wringing the towel a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And then by the, by the third day, people were ready. By the third day, they had, all the shock had gone. Yep. <laughs> all the fear had gone. All mm -hmm. the resistance had gone. The walls had been let down and they were just ready to receive whatever else we had. So of course, having another DEI town hall that overtook, it was like on the break, I remember saying, go on the balcony and scream. Like, mm. if that's what you gotta do, like I want you up. to go on the balcony, I want you to go outside, I want you to take a moment and breathe. And then when we get back, we're gonna dive right into it. And then our artists just took the stage and wowed it, like, right? They took the cutting series and we brought models back from Blonde Solutions and. Yep. And we had all this color plus the cutting kind of going on at the same time visually, mm -hmm. right? And then we have the we have the execution of it and the and the coaches are on the floor, like they're just taking it, like who needs what? Show me what you got. Let's do it. And I think everybody felt like they were being uh, like they were being handled and they had some level of one on one and encouragement. So I I do feel good about that. Uh, by the time we got to color, we were running out of time. And so it was really great to see people say we knew that we would cut some of the hands on of the color, but we gave 
the theory anyway. And then mm -hmm. we gave the techniques and then we said, do it to perfect the technique, but take it home to finish and then complete mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And people were fine with that. So by the time we got to the graduation, the champagne toast, and we could do without talking about them, you know, making me cry like a baby. I could do without that. But shout out to Ebony and Danielle. That was really powerful stuff. So we're not we're, we won't Ebony. get into it too much. But yeah, they they really they did the damn thing. They were oh. making me. We were all emotional we at that point. Yes. But, but yes. But day three was the button up. It was the point where we said, now you're ready. Hmm. Let's get into it. Let's do what you normally do, but let's do it with this. And we, I believe people left feeling empowered, feeling um, a sense of, of, of um, hmm, I don't know if everybody exactly said they felt like super, super confident, like I'll just run and do it. But I think they felt inclined to say, but I, if I just stop for a minute and tap in mm -hmm. and remember what I learned, I can be confident in going forward. And I got a lot of feedback from people that said that, like, I don't know how to express or to vocally share what I'm feeling, but it's sitting right here in my throat. It's sitting mm -hmm. in my heart. I'm just going to sit on it. I'm still processing. Like, that's what we got a lot of. I'm still processing. I know I loved it. I know my life has changed, mm -hmm. but I don't know how to really verbalize it right now. And our answer to that is don't. Yeah. Activate on it. Don't tell us about it. Show us about it. Show us about it. I love that. Um, and you really got that feeling um, being sort of a spectator to it in the audience, like that there was all of this energy and it was going to go somewhere um, at the close. And like, I'm so excited um, and hopeful that it's going to be sort of channeled into, you know, this forward momentum that you're talking about. Um, and that's going to be testament to TVR. So again, shout out to you guys for for the, the events. Um, which brings me to, I want to know what's next because we were all like, all right, well, we could do another couple, like three more days. Like, let's just tack it on. Like we didn't want to leave that space, um, which is a testament to, you know, the environment that was created. So what's 2023's plans? All right. Let me go ahead and tell you when we did the DEI conversations and I just want to say that we created a very safe space so mm -hmm. to actually talk about what we talked about exactly would be saved for us to talk about the subject matter itself mm -hmm. right because that's opening it up that's what we're yep. going to do but i'm going to tell you it also allowed people to understand and appreciate being able to talk through mm -hmm. the thing it and felt it's like not therapy. about yeah, it was because it yep. wasn't like you're wrong. Like yep. you shouldn't see that. It was like, tell me why that's wrong. Tell me mm -hmm. what am I missing in that? Because in my mind, I'm thinking this, but in your mind, you're saying that. And it just, it created a level of conversation that was so layered mm -hmm. that it was cloaked in understanding. Um, just the option to even see it a different way was phenomenal for me. And I think people came with the, tell me why, tell me, what why what does what is the implications of this that and the third right like a lot of people would say to me well how if you're for diversity and inclusion and i have heard this a couple of times then why do you keep having a divisionary measure like you you keep saying you know the black artist spotlight and i said 
Did you ask that question when we weren't in the room? But were you okay with us not being there? So, okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you flip things and you give people a chance to understand, it's like, can you understand that equity has to come before equality? So while we are pushing for equality, equity has to happen first. Otherwise, we'll never be equal. Mm -hmm. And so that conversation is deep and it has, it's a, it's a concept that has to be understood, not just in the mind, but in the heart. You got to yep. accept that equity and reparations live from a, from a heart space, not a mind space. And, and we got to do that in that area. And I, I love that. So with that being said, we're going to do a town hall. We're going to do all, all talking, okay. all communicating, all questions. We're going to do sessions. We're going to have breakout rooms. We're going to have guest speakers. We're going to have, you know, black, we're going to have black activists and racial leaders. Uh, we're going to have trainings on how to see yourselves, how to, you know, the mindset, like just understanding the laws, the systems, like how are they playing out? How do you approach it? How do you change things? And I think having people have that time to do that when they buy into it, because it's, it's tough. It's a lot. It's not for everybody. But for the people who say I want in and I want to I want to have a voice or I want to hear the voices, this is the opportunity. So we are going to launch a town hall meeting. That's no hair, all of the, the wonderful things that we experienced, but even more. So mm. we'll have, like I said, it's going to be awesome. When you talk about breakout rooms and sessions and, you know, activities, you know, things to really get us going. Like when we talked about sharing something really sensitive with someone in the room. Which was, to be clear, y'all, first day, <laughs> like... 15 minutes into the keynote, turning to our neighbor and disclosing something eh, that, that that stuck with me. Um, so and shout out to my neighbor, Steph Merrow. Um, oh, that was your neighbor. Okay. Got into it um, in a good way. I, I feel like that that also helped to set the tone for like, to your point, fabric and community. We were building community, whether or not we wanted to in that very minute, like first very minute. You know. Yeah, having to pull your drawers down for someone that you don't know definitely <laughs> creates a level of vulnerability in the world. I'll say. I, I like had to look I'm sideways gonna... later. Yeah, Stuff you're like, like, did I really tell like, her? It wasn't that bad. I'm like, all right, all right, all right, <laughs> but it does. It's like now someone knows something. I've had to be vulnerable. I've had to listen. I've had to mm -hmm. work on not judging. So everybody has to have an exercise in that. And that's a, that's a huge activity. That's a, that, that creates and sets the mood because you got to walk by that person every day and know somebody in this room has either heard something or said something <laughs> that needs to create a level of safety and trust. You had to commit to safety and trust mm -hmm. in the room. And that's mm -hmm. what that was for. So there'll be more things like that to help us engage in conversation and engage in understanding where we are as a person. So it, because that's a direct reflection of who, how we show up in the industry. Mm. Well, I feel like I need DJ Junior in here with sound effects, with like the pew, 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 because I'm, yeah, just like, <laughs> cue him up. I'm so excited. Yes. This is yes. big news. You heard it here on the Volume Up podcast. We're going to be there. So... Yes, We're you are raising our hands. We want to be at the event. Um, congratulations. I got one, um, more. Uh, one more. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go okay. All right. You, keep going. You know, when you put it out, you got to do it, right? Yeah, you got to do it. So we understood that there's a need 
for us to approach the schools because when we realize that this education this this uh disenfranchisement and this segregation yeah. is really bred in the schools mm-hmm. and because the teachers are not educated even if we change the curriculum they won't be able to teach it They're with confidence. Yep. so we're going to do a tvr educators edition that's just for the schools to send their teachers Wow. Their faculty, their their admin, their directors to TVR to do exactly what we just did, but mm. only for the education. And we're going to go through the curriculums mm. and we're going to show them how do you have more inclusive language? How do you massage your infrastructure into being more inclusive from the jump? And mm. how do you put that into how you actually uh, manage your students career path? Like all of that has to happen and in individual pockets. We can't, we got so many people that kept saying, I want you to come to my school. I want you to send somebody uh-huh. to my school. And I'm like, we would never, if we work 365 days a, a year, would, we would yep, never yep. be able to touch the people we wanted to. So yep. we said, how about we have one space and bring everybody. So we're actually going to do a, an educator's edition. And I'm super stoked about that. I've talked to, I think we talked to two schools yesterday that had, like and one today that's, that's got like you know they've got the uh the hands on all of the associations with all the schools so i imagine that event being super huge Oof, i can't wait to see it this is big news you heard it here congrats again like the sky's the limit for tvr um so i these are two events i'm sure there's going to be four the next year five and and you know good Absolutely. for you congrats <laughs> all right kia we're buzzing about all of this. We want to take that energy into the new year. Before I let you go, we've got our quick takes. These are revised for season two. So these are not the same ones that we went through not before. Not the same ones? Not the same ones. Um, so let's just I like, my thinking hat on. enjoy right. them for a second. Um, first question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> first one. <laughs> You're on a deserted island. You can only bring three beauty products. What are they? Soap. I got to have soap. Okay. I gotta have the order. And I don't care if it's just me. I got <laughs> can't offend myself. I gotcha. I gotcha. And lotion and lotion. Boom. Beautiful. Moisturizer. Mm-hmm. Gotta have. Gotta it. gotta keep it right. All right. Lost. Um, <laughs> what was the first ever product that you owned, beauty or hair related? What is the first one that you remember, like buying for yourself? This is mine for me. Beauty hair. Eyeliner. Black coal eyeliner. I love you. If you catch your eyes, yep. eyeliner on, honey, you we personal. <laughs> wow. Wow. I love this. Um, all right. We talked a little bit about this. So are you superstitious? And about what? Um, okay, this is gonna sound really weird. Um, a couple things. They're all wives' tale, but I can't help it. Like no. one, I don't like putting my purse on the floor. I think you know they used to say it makes you broke. But mm-hmm. I'm, I don't like splitting poles either. I don't know what that's about. I, I think we should, let's get on the same side. I like I'll go way out of my way to push you and, um, and just speaking negative. Okay. I'm learning to control the mouth. Okay, I like yeah. it. But I am uh, a <laughs> purse thing. I'm like don't, and especially if it costs a little money. We're not doing that. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. 
Um, who would play you in a biopic of your life? And I see this in the future. So who's it, who's it going to be? Regina Hall. I love Regina. Yes, Regina yes. is Regina is me. She's funny. She can be serious. She's she can be boss about it. Like she, but she does it in a way that people find palatable. But she still stands in for strong, uh, strong messaging, right? I, I love Regina Hall. I've just really I have started to love a magazine her. of Regina. She's on the cover. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I, I I cannot. I'm not messing around. When I left Baltimore, yes! I bought Boss Magazine starring <laughs> Regina Hall on the cover. It's meant to be. Love. It's meant to be. Plus she's from the DMV. So we love Yes. Her. I love, love Regina. Regina Hall. Yeah, I think she could do me. I think she would bring enough, mm, but enough funny. I think she embodies me. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. I, I can see this too. So, yeah. all right, casting directors, when we're working on the, the rights to this, let's let's right. make the casting right. Go back to this. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, one last question, and I'm going to let you go. And it's appropriate because it's the holidays. Okay. What is the ultimate comfort food? This this is not really a holiday thing for me. That doesn't have to be holiday. Whatever's comforting. Soup. Soup. Any creamy... Loaded baked potato, clam chowder, cream of crab. Um, I'm going to get soup everywhere I go if they have it. Anything like soupy, potted soups. Yep. Love it. I thought you were going to say macaroni and cheese. You know what? I was going this to. This is an inside joke for people that were at TVR. They would know if you. Sorry, to everybody. I should have said I macaroni and cheese. I couldn't help cheese, myself here. But let I, me tell you. I do love some macaroni and cheese. Now, let me just tell you. you, Listen, one day we'll tell the joke, but for now. For now. Well, Kia Neal, thank you so much for coming on and recapping the TVR 2022. Big things for 2023. Best of luck. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. All of the things. Same to you and your team. And I would be remiss if I did not thank you once again for being the gift that we didn't know we needed. Um, Your team, you and your team were necessary for this event to happen the way it happened. Um, Being able to recall and to be able to show people and get into the space. I feel like you were in the walls, you know, and and when I say the walls were talking, I feel like that was you. You were there and you were there to capture moments that we didn't really know we needed to capture. And it felt like the emotion was coming out of the pictures and the the, uh, videos and just the, the captions that you had. And Lord knows the article that you wrote was amazing. And I think that you, absolutely deserve this thank you and i would be upset to know it did not make the podcast because you be buying in personally too is what i loved about it the most i can feel your energy and it showed up big time it showed up and and one of the things that i will say in leaving is that if we could do anything we want to affect change and and we want to touch everybody. I don't care what your position, I don't care if you mm. move in chairs to mm. a venue. If we can touch everybody associated with it, then we then we have done our job and you let us know that we were doing it and we appreciate you so very much. Well, so it is that this so very kind of you to say those things. Honest to God, we felt the way that we did 
because of what you guys were able to do for us in terms of opening up that space, making it safe, um, allowing us to have the the proximity to like really tough stuff um, as well as like beautiful instruction. Like I just, again, flowers for you, flowers for your team. Thank you. It means a lot. Can't say it enough. Um, We are going to link to every single coach, content creator. There were photographers, videographers, Eugene, like there was a million people behind the scenes that made this come together. They deserve your attention too. So check out the show notes, everybody. We hope you have a happy holiday and we make, we want to make sure that you're following texture versus race. So that'll be in there too. Keep, keep an eye on what they're up to because it's big things. So 2023, let's do it. Thank you. All right, Jeff, I'm so glad we got a full recap. I mean, clearly our amazing you and Adriana, our social media editor, were there. Um, and really getting the tidbits from all the attendees. I heard in some feedback from some team members adjacent to the pod that were there that the techniques they learned were absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it actually may change the way they actually cut textured hair. And that is why we are here. That is why we are here to bring topics like this forward and to cover education in our industry because it is needed. Mm-hmm. Couldn't say it better myself. What a thrill. Can't wait for TVR in 2023. Here we go. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Bulks for the custom volume up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.